Ryan Meyer, join my Demon Sport 2 and Will Acevedo, and welcome back to the Top 4. The Top 4 is brought to you by DHSPress.com. Check out DHSPress.com all school year long to find all the news times you need to know. Boys, we haven't done an episode like this before, a World Cup qualifiers episode, and there was some exciting games over the entirety of the break. Anything you guys want to add? Honestly, any I think, big, any I big think words? to start off, Ryan... Um, what it holds dearest to our hearts, uh, obviously all being like raised in the U.S., the Con- the Concacaf qualifiers as the U.S. beat Mexico over uh, the the weekend. Dos a cero. Dos a cero. Dos a cero. <laughs> uh, the U.S. Uh, played a great game against Mexico in Cincinnati over the break, it was winning two nothing goals from Christian Pulisic and Weston McKinney. Great to see the two big stars of the United States score as well in the game. And it was just a great win all around for the United States. Well, after years of just seeing Mexico dominate the U.S., tournament after tournament, qualifier after qualifier, it feels great going a full year beating them 3-0. Yeah, I mean, three, three, three straight wins three straight for the U.S. Wins. over Mexico. Two so finals. I think, I think what puts a little bit of more happiness in me is that obviously seeing the U.S. Uh, lose for a couple years, right, and not, not be at Mexico's level, uh, not only like us being able to beat them three times this year, but also seeing Mexico get knocked out of the, um, what's it called, the Olympics. That uh, that, that, hit, that hit even better for me. I can't even lie. I don't want to see Mexico like lose like that, but when it's against the U.S., of course. But an in international, I mean, they sup- they they pretty much they're the face of a Concacaf in international. That, that, that is true. That so is I, true. I wouldn't hate on them. They're a great like young squad. So. Yeah, I mean, and it it was just like, it was such a great game that, you know, the United States played. And guys that didn't get on the score sheet, like uh, Timothy Weo, what what a game. What a game for him. What a no, game. He, he, did, he did play really good. Yeah, that assist was pin perfect. Yeah. He and had it, to find the, the U.S. They, and a lot of starters played as well, which I really like to see. I mean, a couple of guys were out. Like, we didn't see Serginho Des play. Well, injured, injured, right? But, yeah. I mean, Tyler Adams got the start. Uh, Musa got the start in the midfield as well. I, I just, it, it was great to see. Uh, everybody playing Musa in a put big in a game sh- that was that was needed uh, a win for the United States. They got the W. Yeah, yeah Musa Musa's a player I really like. Yeah, he, he put, put in, in a shift. shift. Yeah, he was really good. Outside of the United States, in North America, Canada uh, is actually now top of the group uh, in the uh, in the North American qualifying region. They also beat Mexico uh, yesterday. Of the day we're recording this, and they played great as well in that two-one win in Canada. I watched that yep. full game and. Honestly, from the very start, I could tell that the game was going to get out of hand. The ref was really poor. The full game, he just let everything slide. And at the end of the game, there's a big fight. But also, during the game, Canada just, they just wanted it more. Two goals from Kyle Lorene. The first one from an error from Emochoa. The second one, also a debatable error from Emochoa. He, he stayed on his line when the ball was in the six and... Lorene just had to tap it in, but speaking yeah, of I mean, Ochoa has not had a good week. He has not and had he, a good no, week. Speaking of Memo, though, um, former Granada keeper and now the what's it called, captain of America uh, in Mexico. The quote that he said: "The United States um, of of the United States, sorry, Mexico is the mirror in which the United States wants to see itself." Yeah, and I wish you spoke on that before you actually mentioned Ochoa, but to, to say anyway, Ochoa had that made that quote before. The United States played Mexico, and because so many of, of the U.S. players uh, were dis- felt disrespected by that by that quote, uh, some of the guys on the team apparently DeAndre Yedlin was one of the leaders of that. One of the uh, guys that was one of the uh, wanted to lead that movement uh, told one of the the guys in the staff room to write a shirt 
that said man in the mirror on it and give it to Christian Pulisic to wear during the game in case he scored. Pulisic it gets a goal. Always scored. And then he lifts up his USA jersey and under his shirt has just in big words says man in the mirror and symbolizing, you know, that we aren't the America that, that used to get uh, of, of past that would get pummeled by Mexico yeah. and want to be like Mexico. We're a different age and we're better than Mexico. So it's it was great. I love to see it. Yeah, so no, Ochoa seeing, has been kind of yeah, seeing hit the U- hard. Seeing the U.S. Uh, move forward and uh, like the play style now. Even last year, we were seeing that we weren't even the strongest side, but now we're starting to look a little bit better. Uh, some of the guys are starting to build up a bit more chemistry as well. Um, we're seeing a lot more U.S. players uh, head over to Europe now, which is awesome. Uh, I do expect a lot of big results from the U.S. in the future now. As But at the moment, I think, I think I'm happy with where we are. Do you guys think Greg Berhalter is the he's the man? He's the man to give I mean, us a I, I really like what he's done with the team. I think the I like the formation and the play style. Um I also think that it suits the 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 fullbacks that we have that love to get forward like uh Destin Robinson. So I personally I think he's a great manager. See the thing is is about the US though is we tend to or at least what I've seen from this year we'll do good against other like the smaller teams in the in the qualifiers, no, but then no, we're no. then we're looking. At, yeah, sorry, we're doing yeah, you're switching it up. Yeah, yeah they're good against the bigger teams. We're doing good against the bigger teams. As we start playing the smaller teams, like like we drew. Well, I mean, I'm I'm from El Salvador, but hey, you don't know, call us small, man. I don't, don't want to call us a small country, but like you know, we're not the U.S.'s level. Being fair, and we drew to, uh, the U.S. drew to them. Um, and then just drawing, Jamaica, and then yes, drawing yeah. Jamaica. But I mean, well. uh, to be it's fair, Jamaica, uh, they just picked up Mikel Antonio, who's been on excellent form in the Premier League for West Ham, and he scored a rocket of a goal yesterday yeah. in that one-one draw. So I can't really hate on uh, the U.S. too much for that result. In other uh, parts of the world, in Europe, wow, we have some drama going on. Cristiano Ronaldo in Portugal could not play. In this next World Cup, they failed to qualify in the first round stages of the group stage, and they came second in their group, uh, getting beat out by Serbia. Now they have to go through the playoff, and so do, and there are a lot of other good teams that are also going through the playoff hey. that have a chance of beating this this Portugal team. What are you guys' first thoughts? Who, 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 all I'm saying, all I'm saying, first of all, before uh, we move forward with that game. We look back at the game beforehand between Portugal and Serbia. That's what I wanted to bring up. Ronaldo yeah. had a disallowed goal in the ninetieth minute, which would have which given given the win if I'm not wrong, right? Yeah, they would have. He would have won, and they would have been in the World and Cup right now. They would be in the World Cup right now. I mean, if but that and that goal was a clear goal. If you go back and watch it, it's a very yeah, yeah, it was a clear goal. I don't. Know I just how. I don't, I don't know. I think that Portugal, as as much as that is true. They kind of did some of this to themselves. I mean, oh for sure, drawing against Ireland in the qualifiers is not. Like ideal is it's not ideal. But they had some other draw points and some and some relatively. They could have been in a worse spot if it wasn't for Ronaldo. He that game against Ireland, the first matchup. Where oh he yeah, they two can, yeah. goals yeah. in the ninetieth minute. Like they could have been in a lot worse situation. Yeah, they have not. They have not been great um, so far in this qualifying. But there are a lot of other good countries that are in this qualifying from Europe that didn't qualify during the, they get the first ten spots to the group stage. Uh, some big names uh, that are in the Italy. playoffs as well. Italy. Uh, Sweden, Poland, Austria, Turkey, Ukraine, the Czech Republic. Uh, there's there's a lot of Wales, great man. Wales, nation. Wales, Wales, a lot of great nation. nations. Wait, all I'm saying, like, as well. it's crazy to see that Italy, after winning Euro 2020, 
they're they're not automatically yeah. qualified for the World Cup. Like, yeah, and they they had a bad um they had a bad time qualifying as yeah. well. As much as I run. love Jorginho and I love Chelsea, that penny miss uh, last week against Switzerland that that had them draw the game. I mean that was, that was clearly crucial. it's coming back to bite them already as they only lost to Switzerland by two points in the group stage, and it it just wasn't like. They never looked that cohesive in some of these games, and I felt like they they never looked like they had anybody that was gonna go out and get a goal for they, them when they needed it. They didn't look like that team that we saw in the Euros. That Not was so all. connected, yep. so True. like lively. But yeah, so there's and the way the um, the qualifying is gonna work for the playoffs is there are twelve teams that are in the playoffs from Europe, and there's only three spots left. So what they're gonna do is there's um, two there's there's two different pots. There's a seeded pot and an unseeded pot, um, and then they're gonna break up the teams or in the, the teams into um, the three different groups of four, and each group is gonna have two teams from each pot in it. So you'll have, but they'll play off against. So it, it's kind of confusing, but it, this, in a theoretical sense, we could see a game like Portugal versus Italy for the final the, for, for, World for, Cup the, spot. for a World Cup spot, or even like a Portugal Sweden or like. A um a Poland uh, Czech Republic or uh, there, Poland Turkey. There's so many great games that could be going on, and that'll take place in March uh, between the 24th and the 29th. So we'll look back at that when we get to it, because that is going to be exciting and fun to look at uh, overall. In uh, other areas of the world, again, we'll come back over. I want to take this one. You want to take this one? Where are we going? Conmebol. We're going yeah, to I South was America. Say we're going back over, uh, moving back west to. Uh, South America and their qualifiers, it's been tight in the middle of that whole group. Extremely. And now, uh, the one thing I've learned over the years is nothing is guaranteed in South America. Every game is literally a war. It's a battle to the end. And if you can see some of these results, they're always tight. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this yesterday, and the way that the, the table is now is currently tight. I mean, you see uh, Colombia, who currently sit in fourth, are only two points ahead of Bolivia, who sit in eighth. Yeah, it, it's, it's so tight know. in the middle. And the way that it works is the top four teams are qualified out of 10. And then the fifth team goes to a playoff against the rest of uh, the world and other playoff teams across uh, the globe. So it, it's it, getting that fourth and fifth spot, it, it's going to be a battle to the end. See, um, obviously, when you look at the Canembo, there's obviously the big three names uh, or the big two names, right? Brazil and Argentina. And, uh, and 99% of the time, they're always first and second place. And th- I mean, that's no biggie, right? I mean, th- you'll see the same pattern with uh, like the, what's it called? The CONCACAF, it's usually Mexico and U.S., top two spots. But anyways, that's not the point. Um, when, you, when you start looking at fourth place and below, the, uh, up all the way down to ninth place mm-hmm. um, in that, in that uh, standing, the, the, the difference in the margin is not very big. It's only four-point difference from Paraguay all the way up to Colombia. I think it's also interesting to, to say or to look at that um, every team, four through ten, has a negative goal difference. I think that's interesting as well. You see Brazil, Argentina, how they have their great goal differences ahead. Ecuador, who's been excellent this qualifying run, Ecuador's is currently third. Uh, they're, they've kind of solidified themselves in a, in a top four, top three place, um, and they have a plus 10 goal difference. But then after that, Colombia even, they're in fourth, a negative one goal difference. Peru's negative five. Chile's negative one. Every game is just a battle, and that just shows that a lot of these games, you know, they end up being like 1-0 wins, 2-1 wins. No, no game is ever you see, like, in Europe sometimes you see, like, England battered San Marino 10-0. 10-0. You'll never catch that in South America. And that's why everybody loves them so true. much. 
it, it's it's been great to see how the qualifying has been. Yeah, and it's so entertaining to watch every single South American game. Like yesterday, uh, I turned on the Uruguay versus Bolivia game, expecting Uruguay to win. Bolivia comes out with a 3-0 win. Like that's just things you just don't expect. I mean, yeah, and uh, back to like what Ryan was saying about like close games. Take a look at like Colombia's last couple fixtures. Um, what zero zero against Paraguay, one uh, zero to lost to Brazil, zero zero to Ecuador, zero zero to Brazil. Like it, it's it's so tough. it's so competitive, um, and that's that's the beauty of Canembo. We were talking oh, about we this ta- last night. Can we night, talk about right? that real quick? Colombia hasn't scored a goal since September 9th. Look, I'll, I'll be Five honest. Still in fourth. Yeah, they, I'll be honest with you. Fourth. Like Colombia are are genuinely struggling. Um, in like the creativity up there. They have eight ties. They've been just trying to grind out wins from any time I've seen or watched. I mean, they still have a lot of great players playing. Like you see in their last game, um, they played against Paraguay. They had James Rodriguez played, Davidson Sanchez played, Ospina played, uh, Muriel played, Colgrado played. They they don't. It's not like it's not like you see other nations where they might not have their best players playing. The they have their best guys. They're trying to really win these games. And they're still struggling. They even brought, to be honest, sides. you take a look at that lineup against Paraguay. That's arguably their best lineup, except maybe you want to put like Zapata up there um, in, instead of Borja. But other, other than that, that's probably their their great their strongest lineup in terms of quality. And for Bo- Borja, I feel like they do that chemistry wise because yeah, also yeah, you yeah, see probably. that in Brazil where you put Fred over Fabinho, or Fabinho's debatably the better player, but chemistry wise. Yeah, he's a better player. No, he's okay. Uh, okay, you said, okay. You said debatably. You said it does not matter. Yeah. It does of not matter. Gonna, I mean, there's always going to be someone that's going to say, oh, Fred is better because he plays for Brazil, but Fabinho is better. Yeah, that's I mean, I, and d- like you were mentioning, I mean, this Brazil-Argentina game, that was, that was a grinded out, no-no game. That was a lot of fun. A lot of people, a lot of great players played for both sides. You didn't see Neymar play for Brazil, but you did see Vinicius Jr. has been on amazing form. And a surprising man of the match, talking about the man, Fred. Yeah, true. He actually had a good game, and I think it really suits him. I think people are wonder why Fred isn't like the best player in the Premier League or the best in Europe, and I think it's because it's a lot more technically based. Whereas he's he's a Brazilian born who is you know he's physical. He's not afraid to make tackles. He runs all game. He puts in a lot of energy. That suits Brazil, and that suits South American qualifiers to a team. Sixteen you know, goals won. I think. I think. I do want to say this. I think um, you kind of take a look at Brazil. And Neymar is really their missing piece in terms of like scoring goals. Yeah, I think I, the like, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not saying like they can't score without Neymar, but he's definitely like the key to that team. Also yeah, as, especially since they don't have like a they they struggle to find like a true number nine. I mean, they have guys like Gabriel Jesus who uh, have been Gabriel in, Jesus they gets they done had, dirty. They had, they had, they had, uh, he does get done he dirty. Done dirty. They had Mateus Cunha who plays what? He's a midfielder for yeah, a midfielder. Right? Yeah, so they don't really have like a true number a true number nine. Yeah. But they have a lot of creative no. players that can. I just find play, that wherever he goes, Jesus does not get the. Yeah, I find that funny. Jesus, everywhere he goes, he's a backup nine to a team that doesn't have a nine. You know what though? He has had a great time at City playing as a as a right winger. So I'll give him. Some props. Maybe the nine isn't even his best position. It will, I mean, I clearly think, he doesn't get played well, when, the nine when, much, what, so. when he joined City, wasn't he uh, a winger? No. Yeah, well, ish. He ish, was. He's he kind of like you know that that new hybrid of uh, left forward kind of yeah, like that, style players. The new, the new uh, what they called the new strikers. Yeah. Well, with that, I think we can wrap up this episode of the top four. Thank you all for listening to a different type of episode that we had for for everybody this week.
The top four is brought to you by DHSPress.com. Check out DHSPress.com all school year long to find all the news Titans need to know. Thank you and goodbye.